excited for this series or the next two episodes that are coming out. Uh, they are featuring a very special person who you'll find out about when you listen. Um, I just wanted to say a few admin things. So I actually uploaded an episode about the Britney Spears um, incident. Now that was not even planned. That was not in my catalog of conversations that I was, you know, my list of possible podcasts. It was not. And I just switched on my phone and I just started recording and I ended up with an episode. And so that is why it was uploaded. <laughs> um, in terms of the actual, you know, um, oh, my brain is not canning. Um, in terms of the actual sequence of episodes, uh, this was the episode that was supposed to come uh, next after Manzi's episode. And so you will hear me talk about Manzi's episode, even though it's not the most recent episode. So forgive me, guys. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Like I had to say something about the Britney incident. Um, and so we are back in sequence and I hope you guys continue to enjoy the content. Uh, please guys, don't forget to follow uh, Blunt and No Not Weed on Facebook and on Instagram. I am telling you guys, I am going to be so consistent um, for the rest of July and I've got some exciting topics coming up. I've got some amazing features coming up as well. So please look forward to that. And I'm so excited for this one. Enjoy and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome everybody to the Blunt and No Not We podcast. So today is a very interesting episode, a special episode, because although I've had features on this episode before, um, oh, I haven't even said hello properly. Okay, before I, I, I start, let me just say hello. Uh, hello everyone. I hope everyone's having a good week today is friday so happy friday you made it to the weekend we not very we don't care about whether it's friday or not because friday is every day for us. <laughs> so for all of y'all you know with your nine to fives today is friday so i'm happy for you guys um yeah welcome uh last week's two episodes actually was it last week or the week before so episode 12 and episode 13 fire like lit uh i still want to thank manzi for coming through she was so insightful um she was dropping jabs and bombs all over the place and i think it was such a necessary conversation for us to have and i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as well um today is another special episode because i've been talking about having this person on now for a while <laughs> probably since my podcast started i i talk about her a lot and the reason I talk about her a lot is because I live with her. <laughs> so, she's literally the only person I talk to a lot. <laughs> okay, so I, I quote her a lot. I, I talk about things we talked about. So like one of my lives is like, yeah, my sister and I were saying, oh, yeah, and you know, I had this conversation with Chima the other day. And so Chima is actually finally here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let her introduce herself, but uh, quick background. Uh, <laughs> Is it really a background? Quick background on our relationship. For those of you who don't know it, this will be your first introduction to the podcast. Uh, oh, by the way, my name is Mutondwa and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a South African girl, blah, 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 blah. Um, the person I have on today is my sister, my younger sister. We are apart by how many? Three years, some. Well, it's like four years, basically. Four years. Okay, so we have a four-year gap. No, we have a three-year gap, four-year grade gap, I think. Or is it... No, in general, it's oh. basically three years. Three years. Okay, yes. cool. But anyway, so yeah, we are close in age. 
I don't know if that helps our, our friendship or relationship or if I think it does. I think it, it does. does because mm-hmm. with Ndamu, like I look at her more as an adult, and okay. then you are like mid adult, and then I'm like young adult. So oh, okay. it ranges a bit differently. Okay, okay, cool. So I guess the age gap does matter. You you have a, how many? You eight. eight. So years. it's four four with all of us. Like grade gap is ah, four 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 four. Yes, because but I know Ndamu's five years older than me. Not necessarily so. The no. grade gap is four, four, four. No, I mean but age in age, gap. it's not necessarily five. It's four years some. I mean, that's just very technical. I mean, I'm a December baby. So technically, that's everybody's why... older than me. <laughs> all, like, I, all my peers right now are 29. I'm still 28. I'm going to be 28 for the rest of the year until I turn 29. So my age, that's why I always say it's a full four years or five years for me because... It really, I turn my age at the end mm-hmm. of the year. So maybe that's why. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop. I want her to introduce herself. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a fire sign. You yes. are a Aquarius. Yes, I'm an air sign, but we are water bearers. Ah. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Anyway, Chima, hi. Hi, I'm Chima. I'm not too sure what this introduction entails. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm just living my life. Uh studying business, always been interested in entrepreneurship. Um, recently wrote this cool paper because I like writing as well and I've always written. So um, I guess the entire interview is based on this paper. Um, yeah, some of the parts might come off as a bit conservative, I guess, in thought or view. Um, but there's one underlying message that I was trying to convey with this um, paper. So hopefully we can touch on it that a bit later okay awesome lovely intro but very short so you said you don't know <laughs> she just looked at me with like laser beam <laughs> you said <laughs> you said you don't know how to introduce yourself so you we already know your age you, where where do you live what are you doing here how did you get here etc okay okay mm-hmm. that's see more guidelines yes, yes, yes. oh but come on you have to introduce yourself in interviews i know the but then that's different like that's a job here yeah, it's a podcast this is very different it's a no. no it's not a job where's my <laughs> no, money no. okay go ahead anyway um so chima 25 i'm currently in hungary um i'm studying in a small town called pech but because of lockdown i decided to move to budapest why not um so home is south africa like Motondra, um the baby of the family um so i'm studying specifically enterprise development and entrepreneurship um i have founded two businesses before um one was in media um and it focused on bite-sized news and basically um rewriting the african narrative that most people hold um the second was in tech and that was specifically trying to solve the unemployment issues of south africa whilst also helping ngos so creating a symbiotic relationship between unemployed graduates and ngos Mm um now i am currently finding myself um but i am working towards moving to china teaching english there for two years whilst i work on a business idea because one of the underlying issues that i found was financing and um, i do recognize that i need to have a job that doesn't require too much of me not into the corporate life hope you're doing fine nine to fivers (laughs) um 
and yeah finding something that's in between and still allows me to explore what i want and my dreams and still have fun yeah. and wake up at nine if i want to <laughs> so yeah yeah all right awesome that, that was a much more detailed introduction so yeah that's chima in a nutshell uh if i had to sum her up go get her very wise uh i would say she she thinks forward uh detailed and yeah and so that's why we're actually going to be discussing one of her papers today because that's um like she mentioned earlier you wrote this for ethics right yes business ethics for business ethics and okay before we get started what made you choose this topic why did you feel like it was a topic for business ethics specifically um specifically because the paper um touches on which i guess isn't going to be what we touch on right now mm-hmm. but um it basically touches on the sex for grade scandal that happened in Ghana and universities are businesses at the end of the day mm-hmm. and they do need to comply to certain um things so um i decided to look at how women are viewed within these spaces like within a university space mm-hmm. and um what can happen to them when they in these spaces too and what are the actual causes and why society is actually ridden in sex mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and just understanding what those implications have in your work life in your school life in everything else as well mm-hmm. so. all right awesome so i actually find this is an interesting kind of trajectory because the previous two episodes were about purity culture right mm-hmm. and and the issue in how we kind of stigmatize sex and in the previous podcast we established that sex and sexuality are indeed natural mm-hmm. so i think then it's interesting because we're going to explore the spectrum of i guess what is over and what is too much and kind of the damage that can cause as well right mm-hmm. okay so let's actually read the topic of your your paper the actual topic. So, um it was a deep exploration on global objectification of women with a focus on corruption in higher education institution institutes in Ghana, sex for grades. So, that is the bigger uh, macro story here. Yes. And this is uh something we're going to talk about in part 2. Mm-hmm. But before you did that, you actually set up the premise for how is how this was even able to happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, environment is everything, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with that. Um and so therefore our topic for today is the objectification of women uh and oversexualization of women, the role of social media uh and the power of the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's what we're going to start with and then next week we'll be able to get into more details. Mm-hmm. And also pornography and OnlyFans. Yes. It? we will i just hope we have enough time she's given me a a a a stop up so so if we have enough time then we will discuss it if not then we will discuss it maybe next week mm-hmm. at the beginning so it will depend all right so let's get started um so the first question then that i would like to ask is based on an expression that you used in right in the beginning of your paper mm-hmm. you said uh, sex cells right this mm-hmm. is a very common widely used expression mm-hmm. and it's it's generally accepted it was like yeah yeah we know sex cells mm-hmm. right so this very widely used expression let's break it down so in what ways does sex cell number 1 mm-hmm. and who does it benefit for sex to become this commodity that is used to sell you know so at the end of the day it 
it benefits capitalists mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the end of the day that's what it is mm-hmm. um sex sells it sells because we are sexual beings as you did say it's natural mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the thing it's natural and it causes and because it's also still a taboo within society itself that's why it's harness or gather garners your attention like immediately when you see something that's a bit provocative mm-hmm. then the eyes mm-hmm. immediately um go to that and that's what advertisers want mm-hmm. when you look into the basic stuff of advertising it's sell this product mm-hmm. and um later on in the paper I, I specifically touch on how um there was a time i think it was 2003 and i'm sure it's more now that mm-hmm. i think 92% um of adverts had females in it Mm -hmm. and with that was specifically for men because then it was more geared towards um this is what you can achieve this is Mm -hmm. who you can get Mm -hmm. with this product Mm -hmm. whereas with females Mm -hmm. then it was because of desirability Mm -hmm. and i i or 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 what you can how you envy and desirability Mm -hmm. those are the two things that were geared towards that's what adverts play on Mm -hmm. so i think sex is the easiest it's this easiest, it's like a low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And when we look at like the, the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. I think when we look at sex in general, mm-hmm. it can touch on so many of those with regards oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. like when you think of it, like if you think of greed, if you think mm-hmm. of, of um, gluttony, even mm-hmm. if you think of all of those things, mm-hmm. sex has been linked to all of these. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising mm-hmm. that it sells. Mm-hmm. And um, even research has further proved this to be true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I'm actually going to read uh, sections from your paper that you talk about sex selling or how it works, right? So the first thing you to mention is, of course, capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Um, capitalism is... I, I actually read this meme. It said um, this guy was arguing with a flat earther mm-hmm. and the flat earther was saying, no, the world is, is flat, right? Mm-hmm. We, not true. But anyway, so the person said the earth is flat and his response was actually hilarious because his response was if the earth really was flat, capitalism would already gotten hold of it because there would have been a journey to the end of the earth a, a swing swinging of all course. the way over right and, and that's the power of capitalism yeah. so if you want to know whether something is real or not follow the money <laughs> that's actually quite funny <laughs> literally there would be amusement parks built there you know so okay so let's read this snippet from your your paper you said capitalism feeds off Um, our base desires and lust has not been left out of the equation. Mm -hmm. This has resulted in society becoming immune to this. However, the great misconception that it does not seep into the rest of our lives could be a form of cognitive dissonance. Um, Then you quote uh, Tom Reichert, I hope I'm saying his name right, probably not, uh, a professor and uh, head of the Department of Advertising and Public Relations at the University of uh, Georgia Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication. My God. Okay. (laughs) So he's a very qualified person. (laughs) Okay. I was trying to find words for my essay. It was hard (laughs) finishing this, yeah. I I gave all his accreditations. I wasn't playing. My goodness. That that at least saved you at least 20 words. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just from the title alone. (laughs) Okay, so so he says 
um, it is because sex demands, like you said, an audience's attention. Sex sells because it attracts attention. People are hardwired to notice sexually relevant information. So ads with sexual content get noticed. And I think it ties down to the fact that sex is really natural mm -hmm. to us humans. Mm -hmm. So because it's some, we once had this very heated debate, I think it was two or three days ago. Mm -hmm. And you were like, even during a fucking pandemic, Babies were still being born because sex was still being had. And I can, I mean, I actually watched this one movie where this couple lost the, their child, mm -hmm. right? The child got abducted and went missing. And even during that time, the couple, they are in complete distress, completely stressed. Their child is gone. They don't know what's happened. And they had sex. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, when I watched it, I was a little bit confused. I was like, yo, what's going on? And then I realized it in that role, it's not necessarily playing a, a pleasure thing. Mm -hmm. It's a connection yeah, thing course. for them of as course. a couple who've lost their kids. So sex is very natural. Mm -hmm. And so that we've already established. Okay. Now let's look at other ways in which sex sells, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you gave some really great examples later on in your paper. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the video vixen. Mm -hmm. Now for those people... Okay, if you're in 2000, if you're alive in the 2000s, if you're born in the 90s and alive in the early 2000s, you, you know, know. <laughs> you might not know the exact term for it, but you know. Can you explain what the hell is a video vixen? So a video vixen is mm -hmm. usually like a racially ambiguous black girl mm -hmm. who um, was on music videos, usually very scantily dressed, mm -hmm. if dressed. Well, yes, yes. but of you course, but I mean, of course, <laughs> barely, but like, barely mm -hmm. um, shaking her ass mm -hmm. in a music video. Um, usually it was either to pop up your fame, mm -hmm. um, but it started more as an exclusive um, kind of thing where you got the prettiest video vixens into the music videos and then they became cheaper and it was more of ah oh, this could be my rise to fame mm -hmm. um there's even been shows on mtv about video vixens mm -hmm. um so yeah usually in rappers like when you see a girl twerking mm -hmm. that's usually one um especially if they're not professional dancers then they most likely video vixens mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the one video that comes to my mind and it's so interesting because you mentioned specifically racially ambiguous girls. Mm -hmm. But I remember when um, Blurred Lines came out, mm -hmm. right? And that that video caused commotion. Mm -hmm. And the girls that were there, uh, obviously in video vixens, especially in rap culture, mm -hmm. there's a certain aesthetic, mm -hmm. right? So the bigger booty, mm -hmm. the fuller chest, mm -hmm. etc. But that video was interesting because they made the everyday girl a video vixen. Yes. And I feel like that is why it got so much uproar because it made people so uncomfortable that that could be my daughter. That could be before it always felt like, ah, no, no mm -hmm. one, especially for mainstream media, mm -hmm. you know, so that's, a, but a, also a, with a, that music video mm -hmm. specifically, it had not just black or racially exactly, diverse, people. it exactly. had white girls, it mm -hmm. had uh, Hispanic, it mm -hmm. had, it, I don't know if that Asians, but no, it, I don't it, think so. Asian, no. But like, yeah, mm -hmm. but it had quite a few people. And mm -hmm. also now when you move forward, mm -hmm. video vixens are varied. It's based mm -hmm. on taste. Mm -hmm. So you do see people that now have um, girls who might not have the fattest ass mm, mm, on the video mm, or things like that. Mm. So, yeah. And I think it's just the reach of 
sexualization. Yeah. That it doesn't have to be limited to that one construct or, or trope of what is sexy. You know, of, of course. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like mm. if you're scantily dressed and mm. the person has eyes, no, they will see it absolutely. and they will be like, Ooh, absolutely. And that music video will still get the same <laughs> absolutely. attention. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm, I'm talk, I'm touching at how mainstream. Of it's course, become. of course. Rap was not mainstream. Of that course, was considered deviant. Mm-hmm. So now rap, something that started in rap, has just become just so mainstream. Of you course. Know? But I think mm. what's most shocking about it specifically mm. is that when you think of the early 2000s when the video vixen popped up mm-hmm. that's when it was like whoa this new thing mm-hmm. and now the rappers that people respect most don't mm-hmm. have them yes yes that's so true. That's so true. it's mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. such a shift mm-hmm. and it's very interesting within i actually find it interesting if we talk about the video vixen because we we like to think it did start with the rappers and for the most part they kind of mainstreamed it mm-hmm. but the idea of a video vixen not necessarily the term vixen as, as we knew it in the mm-hmm. 2000s and going forward. I remember Naomi Campbell featuring as a model in Michael Jackson's video. Right? See, but there's Michelle a difference Pfeiffer. between those. No, no, I, I understand. But that is where the the idea of using that came and then rap took it and made it excessive and made it more ratchet, if I could put it that way. Because Naomi Campbell was showing legs. She yeah. was very sexy. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer in that video was extremely sexy. The difference, though, is that they are models. Mm-hmm. They are professionals. But then what happened with the video vixen initially, they were making a shit ton of money. Yeah. But because the market became so saturated, like you said, it was an opportunity to get successful mm-hmm. and make money. There were too many people now. Of and course. so the value then dropped. Of course. Yeah. And the thing is mm-hmm. also when we do look at like Naomi and Michelle mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. at the end of the day... Mm-hmm. They weren't twerking their ass. They were actually strutting, which they did mm. at the end of the day. In... But it also then goes against... And sh- shaking it oh. on the rapper. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, the, I, like I... video makes me like, they were assaulted in those oh, music videos. I feel like that's what that. it is. I'm not disputing that. And I guess we're going to touch a little bit on this when we talk about objectification, right? And and oversexualization, yeah. right? And also um, oversexualization mm. of self too. Mm. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, we're gonna definitely. look at, at at both. No, definitely. Yeah. Okay, but that's just a way in which we're showing how sex kind of became to self. Mm. Another one is pop culture. I mean, the Kardashians are uh, just universally known. Kim Kardashian poses full on naked uh, a lot of the time. And I think the worst part mm. now is that. Even as she's saying that she wants to become this role model for mm-hmm. her children, mm-hmm. and that's why she's even pulling away thing of things like keeping up with the Kardashians, and mm-hmm. that's why it's closed, and mm-hmm. all of these things, and she's exploring law and becoming. I don't think she'll be able to rebrand like that ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, the foundations of her success are based on sex. Like, she's a hard worker. No, listen, Mm -hmm. she is a hard worker. Mm -hmm. I respect the work that she's doing. Mm -hmm. Kudos to her. Mm -hmm. But I don't think she's going to be able to ever detach herself Mm -hmm. from that. I think this is actually going to be very interesting because we are going to touch on this, the idea of what women bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like it's so interesting that you say she'll never be able to detach herself from her, her, her image of being sexy, yeah. even though now she's trying to be a lawyer, etc. And I think it's that those muddy waters of women having to be a certain, uh, uh, I guess, vision or, or, or 
body type, not even body type, but a certain image rather mm-hmm. for you to be considered then smart or etc. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian is smart. This mm-hmm. you you cannot dispute. Just mm-hmm. because she uses her body to sell to to make money, she is a very smart woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that equivalent of um, intelligence with sexuality, almost like you can either have one or the other as a woman. I hear and what you're saying, but also disagree to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's a very special case as well mm-hmm. when looking at it, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I, like her empire is built on it. Mm. So even 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 like people aren't talking about Ray J and that sex tape anymore. No one's talking about the but sex isn't tape. But that problematic? But no, I'm saying that mm. no one's talking about mm. it because mm. they're looking at the empire that she's built. Mm. Mm. But within that empire that she's built, she knows that she has sold a dream and an allure mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why she won't be able to rip away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's necessarily the case for, for every single female. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is that narrative and I don't like it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But I I think that mainly for her mm-hmm. specifically is mm-hmm. because her entire empire, and she knows it, and mm-hmm. she knows mm-hmm. it, that, mm-hmm. that her entire empire is built around that. So and she never she, showcased anything else. else. And she even yeah. said like mm-hmm. i forgot what kanye started saying mm-hmm. about something mm-hmm. um and she's like but you built me this way mm-hmm. you taught mm-hmm. me that this is what will sell mm-hmm. that's what sold mm-hmm. it isn't yeah when okay. she's selling makeup she's selling her plastic so surgery she's, she's too when she's image. selling skims yeah she's selling the she's ability selling to look image. that's snatched mm-hmm. in a dress mm-hmm. all of that so okay i think maybe uh, that is a very specific yeah and it's going to be interesting because it seems like a lot of girls are following that blueprint right mm-hmm. and we see it on social media which is something we're going to talk about just now mm-hmm. the blueprint of using your sexuality to make money yeah. and to be then successful mm-hmm. and then if this is now going to be kind of the ongoing trend will we then have to reassess the attachment of intelligence or rather the disconnection of intelligence and sexuality Mm -hmm. within women because men are allowed to kind of do both but with women it's i mean yes there are some men who are they'll they'll say oh this one is a dunderhead and it's mostly related to their their looks Mm -hmm. for example a trope that is very popular is the surfer boy right Mm -hmm. surfer boys are very well built very sexy but then they also have the condition that they dump, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen to men, but it's a lot of, often imposed on women. Of That's course, what I but say. I also think mm-hmm. that if we start looking at it, if mm-hmm. guys would, if a guy is posting pictures of himself mm-hmm. shirtless the mm-hmm. whole time on his Instagram, too. Mm-hmm. He's will they be would he be labeled dumb? I, I think that he won't necessarily be labeled dumb, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't be taken as seriously. That's okay. I, I can think. agree to that, but I think it would be different for a woman. And, and I think men are they allowed to exist as individuals? Of course, in of course. Spaces. But I'm just saying that I don't mm. think that it's a one-sided mm. problem. No, absolutely that's what I'm not. Trying to no, say. it's definitely like, not. Even mm. with that's the same reason. What's mm. that guy? The oh, man, the guy, the the very attractive guy in that British show. Um, oh, Ray J. Ray Yes, the Zimbabwean guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He. You know, I still haven't watched Bridgerton. <laughs> that's it, Bridgerton. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he mm. said he's not joining the second mm. season. Mm. Firstly, for two reasons. Mm. First, because he said that the character's development was over. Mm. But secondly, he didn't want to be typecasted. Mm. And mm. that's also an issue when guys 
are seen as very attractive, mm. they get typecasted. And who's also doing that typecasting? Mm. Women. So well, I'm just I, saying I that it's, no, it's, 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 it's both plays ways, both ways. But I'm not disagreeing mm. with that it plays both ways. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying it's... And I'll read a quote later that yeah. actually explains this mm -hmm. quite clearly. Is when a power group is able to work within the collection mm -hmm. and then disassociate from that as an individual mm -hmm. and men kind of have that luxury mm -hmm. of being able to walk in a room and there's no perceptions attached to them preconceived perceptions mm -hmm. already just because they are a man and i feel like that's where the, the the imbalance i think occurs i'm not saying it doesn't happen obviously there's individual stories individual situations mm -hmm. but i'm saying collectively i think that that's probably why it, it might actually start but to I, change even more as more men of, become of more course. sexualized and I, over time. I think also the thing mm. is that it's physical appearance, mm. physical appearance. But think of Idris Alba, for example. Idris Alba is considered one of the sexiest men alive. Of course. Leonardo DiCaprio, same thing. Did mm -hmm. that ever detach from... But the thing that? is, but no, also elevated a huge element mm. of them is that of the mm. roles that they started playing in the beginning. They showcased other things. things. Like I Matthew McConaughey had to mm. move away from that because he was typecasted too. Mm. So mm. that's why I'm just trying to say but that... But he like, was able to do that. With women, it might be more Of course, of course. Of course, but mm -hmm. I specifically think that it's a situation like Megan Fox has that problem. Oh. She would never. Can we? But, can we? <laughs> but a huge element of that oh, is we that we did her wrong. <laughs> no, we failed Megan Fox, and that's a topic for another day. But yes, yes but I'm mm. just saying that within that situation, if we look at men, those mm -hmm. men that you're talking about mm -hmm. started with serious roles. No, so, Matthew didn't. Not Matthew, mm -hmm. he changed. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the mm -hmm. ones that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. Leo, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. interests. Mm -hmm. They started with that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if if you if your first impression mm -hmm. is something else. Actually, I have an example of a woman who was able to move away from that. Who? Charlize Theron. Oh, yes. Charlize Theron, mm -hmm. she started, she started, because she was a ballet dancer, right? Mm -hmm. Beautiful woman, you can't dispute that. And her first movie is, I remember The Devil's Advocate, number one. She was one of the first female actresses to show boob, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Halle Berry also did that. Mm -hmm. Halle Berry initially extremely sexualized, uh, but she was able to move away from that. Mm -hmm. But it, it took work. And also with Matthew McConaughey, it took work. work and yeah. it goes to show, it's a little bit dystopian almost, or distorted how sexuality creates that you then cannot be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, so natural, mm -hmm. a part of us. So, of course. And but then yeah. that's what touches on this idea that women aren't sexual beings mm. and with with that is why we in a situation where we have a hyper sexualization or hyper objectification mm. of women mm. because men would be objectified just as much oh yeah i feel like with more exposure because of course when we had the debate it was the argument of exposure over time yeah with men now Men are becoming sexual objects, of and women are doing that. There's strip clubs for men now. They women go there, they pay money, and that's why Magic Mike was so popular. Of course, but so that, that's like, but that's mm. a huge thing, and that's because we're in this rising element. Mm. This is the time to decide what do we want objectification to look like. Yes. Do we want it to look like? 
the mm-hmm. same way men and the male gaze is it to women or mm-hmm. do we actually want to create a healthy society mm-hmm. and that it still embraces sex mm-hmm. but is sensible mm-hmm. is so that's that's the tricky that's, part about yeah. it and actually and i think okay let's move on because yeah. those are topics that we're going to talk about yeah. the barometer right and what we're trying to inevitably create as a society Mm -hmm. and whether it's even possible because our minds have been so tainted over time Mm -hmm. and how that would actually progress okay let's move on so um so this is a quote Uh, i'm just going to read it because it touches on what we're talking about especially with with video vixens um it said although often you said although often called out as being cheap groupies Mm -hmm. and it goes back again to that uh sexualized sex then detaching from worth almost mm-hmm. uh, okay let's continue so let's look at over sexualization um and the term kind of what it means right mm-hmm. so when i looked it up it said um over sexualization means to sexualize excessively mm-hmm. right now sex and sexuality we've already said are innate they're natural mm-hmm aspect of being a human being right and that's it isn't rather surprising that sex and sexuality are part of our culture Mm -hmm. it just makes sense right but more specifically pop culture now if we're looking at this context what does when does it go from just being natural right Mm -hmm. to being then excessive and who decides this because for example we know um from our previous episode last week we know that Religious groups want to have a say mm-hmm. in what is over mm-hmm. uh, sexualization. Uh, governments want to have a say mm-hmm. as well. Corporations want to have a say as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents want to have a say as well. And of course, the everyday layman also has their own individual beliefs on this. So then when is it excessive, in your opinion? In my opinion, mm-hmm. it becomes excessive when it becomes the main thing about you mm-hmm. or the main thing about anything. If we look at at Instagram, why do I have to show a picture of my ass in order to get likes? Mm-hmm. Or why do I have to have my titties out? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That That is when it becomes a problem. And then, secondly, because then also with capitalism, where it also becomes a problem, mm-hmm. is when things are specifically geared towards it only mm. like you are trying to sell a can of deodorant mm. why does it have to be about desire, desire mm. and sex mm. and all of that mm. so i think <laughs> can it be just about smelling good <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay exactly uh, and uh, i think that's when it, it it draws into the fundamentals of everything that's Mm. not like you the problem is that that's when i think i touched on it with my paper Mm. and it's like this is what leads children to believe this is what sex is Mm. this is Mm. what i need to do to Mm. get attention Mm. this is what i need to do this my peers are clearly having sex Mm. then because Mm. this is what is being shown everywhere Mm. and that's why i actually when i was rereading this paper i Mm. i kind of got a, a a little bit of happiness around mm. tiktok mm. although tiktok is a bit annoying what it is it's about it's it's funny it's fun it's yeah. funny and, and intelligent it's, and wit and yeah. it's not Cleverness. it's not about mm. it's not mm. about these things mm. here mm. that instagram is pushing mm. and and yeah I, I think that's when it becomes over sexualization i have a question then yeah could it then be because instagram started off as an image-based app Mm-hmm. And then only later on incorporating things like live and adding short clips. While TikTok started off as just short clips 
And so if we're talking about photos, if we look at the history of Facebook, mm -hmm. Facebook, the reason I believe Instagram actually got founded is because Facebook initially for uh, as older people, we would know this in the like 2008, yeah. Facebook was about posting pictures. You post pictures of your night out with your friends. Um, it's evolved over time now to like memes and, and, and statuses, etc. But initially, it was for posting pictures in your everyday life. So what's very so, interesting mm. with regards to Facebook mm. um, as well, mm. like with tech in general, they call it the mm. what do they call it? They call it the Facebook revolution with regards to all these social media yeah. platforms that mm. have formed. Mm. So Instagram went and took the picture sharing option mm. of Facebook. Mm. Twitter went and took the text mm. um, when you're sharing your status and mm. how you feel element mm. and built off that. Mm. Um, WhatsApp built off the chat. chat. Mm. So th those are the ideas of that were surfacing then. Mm. But if we look at Instagram in itself, it was just to share about your life, mm. not necessarily about what your life should be or what it could be. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, even even like what's that Tumblr? Tumblr became all about sex. Mm -hmm. Tumblr actually now is I think it's almost for over eighteen. Even. Well, it's turned into web chat. So <laughs> almost exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. and like fan fiction. Exactly, and, and like all that. that it was in the beginning was a blogging site. Mm -hmm. So we as humans mm -hmm. turn things into sex because mm -hmm. that's what our society does. That's what it um, values. At the end of the day, um, I, I I think I touched on this as well in the mm -hmm. paper that I say that technology and AI yes. replicates mm. what is part of society. Mm. And this is what's part of society. <coughs> the work needs to be done on ground mm. because at the end of the day, all that will happen mm. is it being it's perpetuated over and yeah. over and over again. Absolutely. Okay. So that is then what we mean when it's excessive, when that is all there is yeah. to it. Right. And I think again, it goes back to the topic we're talking about earlier. The reason why certain actors were able to break away from that is because they showcased variety, exactly. right? And you weren't typecasted as just only being able to do that. Okay, so now... And that's what, sorry, mm -hmm. with what you just said, and that's mm -hmm. what I think is important. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, now it's increasing a little bit, but like, let's diversify the pages that you're following mm. oh, diversify yes. Intentionally that so. and comment mm. on artists mm. comment mm. on musicians comment on photographers mm. comment mm. on things mm. that aren't necessarily just mm. about beauty mm. and that's what it's now labeled as, mm. as just about that mm. because girls the young girls need to also know that there is more mm. out there Mm -hmm. There is more that like, yes, they can be a sexual being, mm -hmm. but they can also be so many things mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. But I think then that requires a lot of intention because unfortunately, mainstream media is not going to perpetuate that. Yes. So you then have to intentionally go out and seek it. And I always say this to you all the time is I curate my pages yeah. and I curate it so much that I see what I think is of value to me. So if, if you, as a society we're valuing sex and these young teens are seeing that as this is what everyone values and we know teenagers are impressionable and open to peer pressure, then that is what they're going to push. And you did say this, it was actually a quote. Um, I don't know if I was able, if I'm going to be able to find it, but you mentioned that very sentiment, but also parents were able to help their children curate yes. it, uh -huh. help decrease that programming a lot Exactly, more. that quote mm. was specifically geared towards mm that um, people who follow social media pe um, stars mm. basically end up 
being high but more sexual mm, mm, and this translates mm. into their everyday lives especially mm. with teenagers, teenagers and then but parents mm. who actually oversee this mm. those children aren't mm. necessarily going to be engaging in a risky sexual behavior mm. absolutely so, absolutely and that's why i guess then it ties back to that idea of then who gets to have a say because we're seeing a lot of parents now saying this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think this is actually going to increase over time. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked about how I don't want to have kids. And I remember I said, if I ever had to have a kid, my kid will not have a phone until like 16. And I think it's just that idea that I too, as a user of social media, I'm well aware of what it's actually creating. Mm-hmm. So I think if as a parent, parents out there, Jim and I are not parents, <laughs> but as a parent out there, if you can help curate what your child is accessing, that variety that we were talking about, I think it people are so killing helpful. each other on for mm. clout on social media. It's, like, come on, it's too much. Like, my twenty-eight-year-old like, mind cannot grasp. <laughs> I just can't grasp. Girls it. are developing oh. eating disorders. The rise in fucking what's this thing? Sorry for my language. Mm. I don't know how. Oh, I feel. swear all the okay, time. It's anyway, explicit. <laughs> anyway, like. Uh, the rise in teenagers getting plastic surgery. They oh, were, yes. yes. There's even an mm. entire, they call it Snapchat dysmorphia. Mm. Because mm. you want to look like a filter. And that doesn't only stay in the face. Mm. It stays with the body. Mm. You sit, you edit your pictures to have a, a fatter ass. Girls, some girls actually cry yeah. when you post a picture of them that is not filtered properly. Oh, this actually brings yeah. you perfectly into, oh. not even that, oh. it brings oh. you perfectly I'm into I'm actually, Chloe. I'm crying because I've seen that happen yeah. in real life. I'm yeah. talking about because I, I saw, I was on a train yeah. in Beijing mm. and this girl was literally telling her boyfriend to remove this picture because it was not filtered yeah. properly. Yeah, exactly. But and she was like, like upset. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you don't look like that, sweetie. Exactly. And it is exactly. what it is. Mm. But like, mm. if you think about it, like, Chloe Kardashian, since we have on the Kardashian trip, I just need to bring yeah. this up. Mm. Specifically, mm. she missed someone on her team mistakenly posted onto her Instagram mm. an unedited picture. And mm. girl, wow, she looked like a human being. Mm. Shocking. Mm. Mm. And <laughs> then it was removed and everywhere from the internet, you can still find it because no, you know people. But like, mm. she, and then she said that uh, the reason why she over edits her pictures and why she had to remove it so far is because of the pressures of social media and having to look beautiful and having to look perfect. Sweetie, you are the one perpetuating that shit. I actually like, think that's it. I think it's actually cyclical because she, Chloe, was known as the insecure one in the of family, course, yes. right? And so what happened because she was just surrounded by really just, I mean, Kim Kardashian is a naturally stunning person, yes. right? Chloe Kardashian. And- Courtney Kardashian. Chloe is also stunning, mm. but that narrative that you have to have a certain aesthetic and a certain visual definitely played in her mind, which is the reason why she did the body boot camp and became so fit mm. and so, you know, the, the ideal image. And then the surgery came into play and then the filters. So I feel like, and then now she is perpetuating that to younger girls. So now it's just like this cycle. And then how can mm. you cry? For me, mm. don't cry. Like mm. she shouldn't have said that. She I could have just said, shouldn't she, no, she should I think it might actually in a private space no i think it actually helps i think i know i do i think someone as as 
big as her who does perpetuate that herself saying i feel this pressure too and this is why i do it i think little girls need to hear that little girls who follow her need to hear that that she too is succumbing but to you this. know what at the end That's of the, the day she succumbs no absolutely little girls need to hear people who don't succumb more <laughs> i think little girls need to know that it is a problem period and if i would rather have her saying it than not saying it that's just for me personally okay, okay. so because those girls who do follow her religiously need to know that because they're not going to follow the ones that will tell they'll them still otherwise follow the, they'll still follow her they'll no, still they're still the absolutely thing. going to follow her but i'm saying you said they should hear it from people who haven't succumbed yeah. those people are not in their sphere Fair, fair. So you go to the source of who's in your your. But then the source was not changing. No, she's not changing. But at least she's saying it. At least she's saying okay. it. Okay, let's yes. move on. <laughs> no, it's important because you you. I mean, we can talk about this because we are literally on the outside looking in. Like yeah. I I know this for a fact. Uh, this is not my life. <laughs> this is not. But this, that is some people's lives, and so I. I, I think it became think... my life for like six months. Once upon a mm, time, mm, and mm. but oh, it wasn't necessarily showing booty or mm. stuff like that. No, that's what but I'm it was saying. More we are not like, in that world. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely but it was not. more of like curating mm. my Instagram to mm. look a certain way, and I was like, damn it, I'm mm. exhausted. Mm. Like mm. this is exhausting. Mm. Like I, I remember you used to hate when I took pictures of you. Yeah, like you are a terrible photographer. Give me it. Yeah, but also my whole life you have been. I've always taken bomb ass photos sure, of you. I, <laughs> I have. Uh, sure, sure. But you were never satisfied. And just be honest. That you were but never there were certain satisfied. people who knew my angle. Sure, sure. But just say you were almost not almost but you were in the line of that perspective of not course, fully of course. so like but how, the thing is that you know, i'm also mm. i'm super critical mm. of myself mm. and i think mm. throughout my whole life i've had body dysmorphia mm. so like i know how i can look good mm. and that's the thing mm. for me it's mm. that situation but like i don't know i think that I, I did see myself falling into that and mm. I was like actually no like mm-hmm. I just want to post about music I like mm. or mm-hmm. um, an image I took and mm. I like it and yeah I definitely do edit my photos but mm-hmm. I, I I look the way I but, I think, but actually I'm also, we also I'm also changing the subject because uh, it's about over sex no absolutely absolutely we definitely have gone off the, <laughs> the rails here but I, I do think it's an important one mm. because we are talking about social media yeah. and, its, and its impact um, I do think that we really are outsiders looking in. You were able to have like a slit view of what it looks like. I know that unless I fully study it, fully like research it in detail, I re- especially for Gen Zers, that's all they're born with. Mm-hmm. I was born with TV that you needed an aerial for. Like I have a different perspective. Of course, and a different I think image, I think you know? I think I hear what you're saying, mm. and I think for me, what was very interesting about mm. that is because I've worked in social media, so mm. I know how mm. to sell things. Mm. I know what needs to be done. Mm. Um, so for me, it's more of a situation that. I mean, it's exhausting. Of course, Mm. no, I'm just saying because you just said that Mm. specifically with yourself, like Mm. you'd have to research it. Like Mm. I knew that world and I found myself Mm. falling into my Mm. work world Mm. because that was specifically work world related. Mm. And I had to pull away from that Mm. and then actually see myself as an individual and say, this is actually a page for Mm. you to just keep things you enjoy Mm. and document Mm. that. Mm. And it doesn't have to be your work Mm. structure the way that it's done because i'm not a brand Mm. i am me Mm. so yeah and also i i think even if you are a brand it's not necessarily 
uh, hypersexualized, oversexualized, overfiltered. Because yeah, you have to be that's brand, true. you that's, don't have to. That's a hundred. That's yes, yes. Okay, all right. Let's continue because you know we can talk for a long time. Okay, so let's look at social media. So I'm going to read a snippet from your, your, your paper. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, social media use also greatly impacts self-identification and self-construction uh, of gender, especially among female users. Mm -hmm. uh, it forms their ideals on how they are sexually viewed and what they are to bring to the table as women, mm -hmm. right? Um, this would be uh, all well if there was diverse representation of women on social media. However, the rise of the influencers who garners the respect of millions of likes and followers on these platforms become the archetype of what females should aspire to be. Mm -hmm. Glossy lipped, a colossal ass. Oh, goodness. I told you. <laughs> airbrush, uh, airbrush fake. Don't judge perfection. me. <laughs> okay, firstly... There's nothing wrong with having a colossal ass, y'all. <laughs> I have a colossal... Okay, yeah. people, apparently I don't, but I have a colossal... On African standards, no. no. On Western standards, yes. There we go. Okay, Answer. so let's look at uh, archetypes. So, but I'm I was saying, specifically, when mm -hmm. I was saying colossal ass, mm -hmm. I was talking about even the... Social media has mm -hmm. given the rise to the BBL. The, What's the BBL? Brazilian butt lift. That's oh, one of the most yes. dangerous surgeries. Yes. Yes. People's asses are exploding because they mm. want their asses to be fat. That's why I had to add colossal ass. No, I understand. I understand. I think you were trying to exhibit the unnaturality yes. of it. Like the extents to which people will go to get this. Anyway, okay. <laughs> let's continue. So we looked at, uh, you said this would become the archetype. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's define what an archetype is, right? Um, so... I'll give some examples of an archetype. Mm -hmm. uh, and diff we have so many archetypes, so many social archetypes, so many character development archetypes. So some that you guys might know about, uh, you have the knight in shining armor. That's mm -hmm. an archetype. You have the damsel in distress. You have the temptress. Uh, you have, for example, the lone wolf or the loner. Mm -hmm. You have the Jedi, um, the good guy or the bad guy. So these are all archetypes. Mm -hmm. Based on these definitions or rather these examples, how would you define an archetype in, in, in society? In, in society? Or even in characters because characters take from society, right? Um, I, I think that... Because I'm very much so for individualism. So mm -hmm. I believe that everyone needs to develop their archetypes. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, the thing. Absolutely. Um, but I think that the problem, and that's what I was trying to highlight in the paper of mm -hmm. social media, is that mm -hmm. it's creating mm -hmm. a one-look archetype mm -hmm. of what everyone needs to be. Specifically women. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what i don't like mm. so it's it's when i'm talking about when you ask me what an archetype is mm. is that within social media mm. the influencer mm. is an archetype mm. the influencer has become an archetype that so many girls want to aspire to Absolutely. yes there are different types of influencers but mm. even the body positivity ones mm. that are speaking great messages mm. Nine out of ten times, because I follow them. Mm. Nine out of ten, nine, <laughs> nine out of ten uh, times, uh, they are naked. Mm, they mm. are in lingerie in mm, their thing, mm, in their posts. Mm. This is unnecessary, yeah. Mm. Like it's it's really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I don't know. I think 
I just I, I, I just see it and it's like if you want to great you can do it mm. I, I'm not going to be a hater against mm. that or mm. whatever but I, I just think feel it's like necessary not doing it I think it's what else are you doing, doing yeah that's exactly. all it is because that trying to remove sexuality from social media is never going to happen of course, it's like trying to remove sexuality from course. our society but it's also is that all that you are doing exactly that, yeah. exactly or is that the majority of what, what you you're doing, doing. exactly mm. Mm. so that's yeah. that's that's the that's the archetype that's there and obviously they they know as the influencers they also know that when i do post a picture of me in lingerie mm. or when i do post a picture of me in, in a, a bikini, bikini mm. i will get more likes which Absolutely. means more money mm. so mm. the yeah. thing is at the end of the day, it's, it's yeah and yeah and that's it Okay, so now what's interesting about an archetype, like you mentioned, is that it creates a, almost a monolith of what that should look like, right? So I actually found this very interesting quote uh, by uh, Ferris Ali on social archetypes and how power groups specifically benefit from these kind of archetypes. Mm -hmm. So if you fit the influencer statistic, um, aesthetic naturally or i mean you can also acquire it unnaturally as well then you will then become a power group and then so then you have these little girls who aspire to that even though they don't fit that mold and then therefore they want mommy take me for surgery etc yeah, right kylie lip fillers yes. ass fat where yes. did that come from all her plastic surgery absolutely because her sisters had, had sold had, the dream already exactly and she did not fit that mold and so, that aesthetic okay so let's look at this quote by ferris ali i think it's actually quite brilliant he mm -hmm. says powerful groups have very diverse members which allows them to enter any situation while maintaining inner and perception harmony. This harmony is maintained by the ability to function as a unit while not sacrificing individual character traits. The one who can embody the swinging metronome never loses rhythm between the self and the group. And I think it highlights the archetype mm -hmm. aesthetic of what is happening on social media. Because the people who do fit that mold mm -hmm. naturally or unnaturally become the power group, right? And so then they can exist in and out of that um, aesthetic as they so choose. However, someone like a Khloe Kardashian, and maybe I will say this if you have it naturally, because if you don't have it naturally, you get persecuted almost, because Khloe Kardashian, yes, she looks like the, mm -hmm. the archetype now, but for example, like we talked about the picture, when it surfaced, she had to remove it because it showed who she really is, and people were like, oh, look at she got plastic surgery, she did this, 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 mm -hmm. this, So it's almost like the power group is able to then play in and out of that, but if you don't have it naturally, which means you're not part of the power group, then you struggle mm -hmm. with that. And I think that can create certain damaging um, mental, psychologically of course, and damaging of course. things. So like, very fascinating. Like, what? I was in the time of the big boobs mm. and uh, plank tummy mm. with low rise jeans, mm. and I had the fat ass and still f and felt insecure about mm. that. Mm. And now the fat ass is in is what's sexualized. Mm. I always had small boobs, mm. so like, <laughs> thanks, mom. <laughs> so, so, so like. For me, like I didn't fit the archetype then. Mm -hmm. Like I know if I dolled myself up mm -hmm. and was scantily dressed, mm -hmm. I know I like using this word scantily, mm -hmm. but anyway, mm -hmm. um, 
I could I could really create a life for myself on social media. Hands but out. I find it fascinating because the archetype is racially ambiguous. And that's something we need to talk yes. about. Because you said you had you and you still do, mm-hmm. you have the bigger but the mm-hmm. curves, etc., and you would fit a certain aspect of that archetype, yeah. right? And so you see this a lot with people who fit certain aspect of mm-hmm. that archetype. But there is a specific archetype, and it's 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 light skin number one, racially ambiguous number two. Then we take from like you mentioned earlier, or actually it was in the discussion we had previously. Then they start taking from various of elements course, also- to create this really person who doesn't exist actually i i hear you know? what you're saying but i mm. also think that it depends where you are mm. it mm. depends where you are so mm. yes western we're western, only covering western media with, with, yeah. with regards to western mm. media specifically mm. then yeah definitely it's the mm. mixed race gal you yeah. know yeah. but then if you also touch on like um, i can't speak for the rest of africa mm. but if you actually i can mm. with regards to this because then mm. the dark-skinned girl is also included in that and also it's so, some some ex- not necessarily yeah. the darkest of mm, skin girls mm, but i'm saying just like mm. you have uh, to fall on a certain level of colorism is of what course, we say of course, of yes course, to be uh, included but, yeah but also i i've i've mm. seen i will never forget i've mistakenly i forgot how i was on, i go deep in social media sometimes mm. well was on this instagram page <laughs> and like it it was about this instagram page was literally dedicated to black african women with fat asses mm, mm. and i went to this one lady's profile mm. and i could not believe one of my friends from sweden mm. is a follower of her and all she posts is ass, her ass mm. and she's twerking mm. in the mm. water mm. and i was like so you don't know no, what people absolutely. are into yeah no no actually i'm like my jaw was like <laughs> we are co- we are specifically covering the mainstream of course of course, so of course. That's but, but that's also what leads to yeah. white people now black fishing because they want to look racially ambiguous yeah and i feel like it's not even just white people it's everyone's trying to look racially ambiguous and and that's why the filters and the lightning and the that's why all of those things have become such a thing because it's you try everyone's trying really hard to reach various levels of that archetype which is to some degree mostly unattainable Mm -hmm. because you can't have all of those elements in one it's almost nearly impossible Mm -hmm. okay let's continue then um so uh we talked about over sexualization we talked about social media um now let's talk about something that i find very interesting the online persona versus the real life persona Mm -hmm. right because you talk about um um you talk about i'm going to read this quote so that everybody can kind of understand what it's what we're going to talk about next but it says um this has been okay i'm going to start from the top so and although posting a simple semi-nude selfie seems harmless considering the number of likes it will get and the short-lived rush of dopamine rewarded uh, it further perpetuates the ideology of women having to be attractive or desirable in order to garner any attention it turns back the gaze to the naked body this has been proven to be um oh no no okay so now people will say that it's harmless right mm-hmm. it's 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 just my online persona my offline persona it's not even me it's not even the same mm-hmm. right but of course this has been proven to be untrue uh by von austin uh and van der bosch right mm-hmm. they say um uh they suggest rather that this misrepresentation can lead to greater promiscuity among teenagers which is what we talked about mm-hmm. uh teenage users and even a willingness to engage in casual sex 
offline mm -hmm. based on online perceptions of peer norms which mm -hmm. we talked about as well this forms into a method of peer pressure mm -hmm. where no real models are accessible, role models are accessible, further confusing teens and solidifying sexual misconduct. Now that that word real role model jars me quite mm -hmm. a lot because I'll use for example, I remember with Rihanna, because mm -hmm. Rihanna is she she's kind of plays the entire spectrum mm -hmm. of all of this. Um, she, she was once being interviewed and she said, uh, they said, do you think you're a good role model for kids? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not trying to be a good role model mm -hmm. for your kid. Mm -hmm. You should be a good role model for mm -hmm. your kid. And people are like, what? She's not taking her platform seriously, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Rihanna, for example, I think Rihanna is an incredible role mm -hmm. model. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I look up to her myself and I'd like to think I'm a mm -hmm. fully balanced human in some way, mm -hmm. especially with regards to this. Um, do you then think, because again, maybe I would, let me ask this differently. Why then can Rihanna, for example, still be considered a role model, even though, I mean, if you go on Bad Girl Riri, she was once banned for posting too many pictures of titties on Instagram. Um, she is anti-bra, girl never wears any bras. Um, she, her videos, I mean, just watch Pour It Up, for example, extremely, extremely, extremely sexualized. I guess same, same with Beyonce, for example. Then how can they maintain that image of being so sexy and so over-sexualized and then still being good role models? I think you touched on it in the beginning. Mm. It's the mm. multifacetedness of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, so I Before Fenty Beauty, be uh, let's say before the business aspects of yeah. it, of, of Rihanna, right? Mm -hmm. the, the mogul, the businesswoman. Yes. What before that, mm -hmm. what was she doing that was allowing her to still be a good role model? Because for me, she was a good role model even before the Fenty Beauty thing. Because she was challenging certain norms of mm. the industry. Mm. That's the thing. It's multifacetedness of it. Yeah. Mm. Like mm. even her 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 music mm. wasn't only just about sex. Mm. Like mm. she was a multifaceted person. Mm. So she could sing, she could dance, she talked out against certain things. She was always an advocate for things. Mm. Even before her Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Before it was even popular. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So even doing the way that um, what she did for her mom, mm. and all of those kinds of stuff. Exactly, mm. all those things mm. form mm. a part of it, and that's what I'm talking about with regards to to diverse mm. diversity in what is being offered. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. I think even okay. even when I talk about role models, mm. there, mm. Um, I think that it's not necessarily saying talking about just the social media role models, but I'm mm. talking about people talking about sex mm, mm. how is your child getting their knowledge from porn and mm. and instagram mm. and songs and that's the entire of their, exactly their knowledge then that mm. that, that mm. they need proper mm -hmm. role models and when i i think also there they say that um they later talk about um how parent supervision mm. is what reduces this promiscuity mm. of this bad sexual mm. misconduct mm. and that all leads to parents also having that conversation with their children Absolutely. too and Absolutely. also mm. being role models to their children with regards to it like yeah. let's have a chat about yeah. this and i so, think that's why rihanna said it beautifully she said i am not your child's role yeah. model you are your yeah. child's role model exactly so i think it's, yeah. it's, it's that's how to combat it if we were saying this is an issue and that's, that's how the thing. We and supervision it. doesn't mean mm. restriction Absolutely. supervision means mm. let's have the chat mm. let's talk mm. about this mm. this why is it important do you think yeah questioning them yeah. on what they believe exactly yeah exactly definitely definitely but I, it seems like it's such a oh, like i think of, for example i think of my mom like my mom was she, she ma worked mm -hmm. all the time right 
And so I wonder, like, if if this was happening during our time, mm-hmm. because obviously we grew up with social media, but mm-hmm. it's only kind of reached this peak now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like this when I was in high school. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, because parents work, they are so busy. It's like you have to then intentionally make time to be aware and conscious all the time. This is why, honestly, like Mm. I have come to the acceptance that if I want to raise Mm. a child Mm. properly, Mm. I will have to be Mm. available. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Because at the Mm. end of the day, Mm. the world is too small now. Mm. And Mm. the messages that are out there are too many. And too dangerous. Exactly. Mm. And you Mm. don't know what your child is Mm. engaging in. Mm. So... Yeah, I necessarily, when I have children, I don't want my child to be coming back to an empty home. Mm, I want to host Mm. debate nights Mm. and even people Mm. to debate against things that they against, Mm. to learn different views, to understand Mm. different things. Like Mm. The thing is, bank parents aren't parents anymore. Mm. Like, you can't just be your your child's wallet. Yeah, I, I think it's, again, and we talk about this all the time, we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And it's like a lot of reasons why millennials aren't having kids. Actually, we were talking about it yesterday that the U.S. birth rate is now the lowest it's ever been in 90 years. Mm-hmm. Japan is currently selling properties because there's no one to live China in just introduced a three-child policy. Exactly. China, 1.4 billion population. Korea, also low birth rates. So again, it goes to show that we are more consciously aware, number one, mm-hmm. the younger generation. And number two, we know, like you said, being a bank parent is not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Satisfying that lower level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs of food and, and, and um, water shelter. and shelter and safety even mm-hmm. is not enough it's anymore. Not. You self actualizing is important. It's the new thing. Yeah. And it's not even that it's a new thing. It's because we have so much access, people are more curious about that mm-hmm. and how kids are actualizing is happening younger, mm. like much younger because of mm. all the exposure. So I do think, for example, if Ma was parenting us right now during this, she would not have time to input yeah. all of this into us. But the thing is, it's different as well. And I think she used the, uh, our parents used the good scapegoat, which is religion. Oh, it, yes, when you keep us morally. Exactly. When you, when you, when you, in, when you, like, deep within religion, uh, it's very hard to do that. that. Yeah. That's a thing. That's quite true. That's quite true. So that's another a weapon. And I think maybe that's why we talked about it a little earlier, that religions, religious groups feel they have to have a say, yeah. too, on what over-sexualization looks like. That's Parents right. also have to then have a say as well. All right. Okay, let's continue. Let's move on. I want you to touch mm-hmm. on the very important part mm-hmm. after that with mm-hmm. regards to this... Mm-hmm. From online persona to mm-hmm. offline with regards to the... Is this the, the, the image one and the masturbation one? Yes. Okay, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Do, do. Hold oh, on. <laughs> okay, hold on. So this is the actual expression. So we talked about teenagers, how this could affect teenagers. Mm-hmm. Adults are not immune to this as well, right? So it says um, adults, well, you say, adults are not excluded from this real-life ma- materialization. Research conducted by Sugar Cookie on over 2,000 participants further proved that online personas did not stay online, as 39% of men and 42% of women admitted to having masturbated to pictures posted on attractive co-workers' Instagram pages. Okay, so let's talk about that. Now, before we do that, I want to read the next part. Mm-hmm. Um, so this self 
again, self-objectification. So this self-objectification, because you posting those pictures on Instagram, yeah. you're doing it to yourself, essentially. Um, even without consciously being aware, makes one a consensual party to what is done. Because obviously, just listening to the previous quote, then you go, what about consent? It's without my consent, right? But it makes you a, a, a active participant mm -hmm. to this. So it makes one a consensual party to what is done with their content posted online. Rights to these images are also further skewed in most social media companies. As most social media companies acknowledge that although the creator of the image is the owner, once a photo or video is uploaded, uh, a license of use is granted to the company and others using the same platform. So that means you are consenting. Yeah. To I mean, you for example, if you think of your coworker masturbating on a picture, you're like, you, you, like that's gross. I think my favorite part of that statistic was that woman was forty two percent. Yeah, more than men. Than men. No, but that specific quote. Uh, oh my God! It yeah. was. Yes. I yes. thought it was initially no. about the real. No. So that is fascinating. Yeah. So why do you think it's skewed that way? Um, I think, is it who you, I don't know the stats, who uses social media more? Do women use it more or do men use it more? Well, women do use it women more. Women use it probably. more. Okay. okay, I don't know. I that, don't know the stats, but, but I have I, a feeling women, women use probably use it more. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, and I think that I'm not mm. shocked by that. Mm. Like, Why not? I think that... If you are spending more time on social media, mm. then you will probably have... The thing is, what shocks me is the co-workers That, situation. to me, is the shocking like, one. Honestly, Why co oh, maybe you have to keep it personal for your uh, gratification. Yeah, because it's someone that you see in your day-to-day, day -day, and if they're walking and with the tight mm. pants, and you're mm. like, ooh, nice booty. And then you and use then you that image that you've captured in real life, and, the pic and it goes back to real life online. Yeah, and that's... The combination of yeah. the two. Mm. But that's exactly, I think... It's touching on, and that's why I said I wanted to bring up the main mm. point of the paper. Mm. It's touching on, even though we haven't gotten to this part necessarily, mm. but mm. it's the paper was to show that how we live online mm. replicates mm. an objectification of women specifically. Mm. Of course, yeah, there's men as well, but mm. objectification mm. of women mm. translates into the violence women experience mm. in real life. Okay, so that's actually something we're going to talk about in the next one because we have to talk about gender-based violence. Yeah. We're going to talk about um, gender roles mm -hmm. specifically. And this is to create the environment for the Ghana case study. Okay, but yeah. also specifically mm -hmm. that's touched on with regards mm -hmm. to the pornography um, oh, yes. and um, section. Mm -hmm. because so we're going to talk about that as well. Yes, but because, continue. because and, and also with the music videos, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, those I, th I, th I think, can you read Russell Brand's um quote that's my favorite no i don't think it's in this section it's going to be in the next section really it's not in this is this about is it under only fans no this is under um video vixens and hip-hop artists and stuff okay let's have a look. right under because i start touching after the video vixen i touch on the female rapper mm. and i specifically oh yes touch yes on the Nicki minaj is reclaiming it that. it was actually a quote earlier on um, um hold on but we were we were talking girl <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Um, so that's very important to touch up because I think that he frames it perfectly. Mm. Uh, let's see if I can find it. 
If you want, I can read it. Yes, if you found it, okay. please do. So in 2020, we saw controversy around a Cardi B song titled mm. WAP, Wet mm. Ass Pussy, where she <laughs> raps about her sexual desires and escapades. Mm. Some believed that the song was empowering. However, others argued it was taking women backwards as self-objectification is not the key. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is what Russell Brand said. Mm. I wouldn't be so reductive and simplistic to say that women celebrating their bodies using an aesthetic that's conventionally been associated with the male gaze. Mm. Um, it's it, what it's impossible. Wait, wait. Using an aesthetic that confin- yeah, sorry. No worries. Means it's impossible that these tools could be used as a vehicle for liberation. Mm. But I'm saying that in a sense, it's still the same metric. It's still the same aesthetic. Mm. It's still the same values. Mm. It's still the same ideals. Mm. It's still ultimately a sort of capitalist objectification mm. and commodification of, in this case, the female. No, absolutely. And yeah. that's literally it. Mm. What yeah. we, The thing is that when we're selling women mm. Mm. in any form, or even mm. if it's the, ourselves selling ourselves, mm. the thing is that it's reinforcing this violence. The perfect expression it comes from a rotten fruit. That's so it. can can it then be then repossessed, even though it comes from but a rotten fruit? But that's why it and mm. it further perpetuates there's this there's a saying mm. and and I I've actually been because I've had two weeks free and I've mm-hmm. actually had some time to be like on the social media stuff and all of that. Yes. And I've been on Twitter. <laughs> I swear every day she has a new video. <laughs> <laughs> like I wake up and there's links to videos. Excuse me, yeah. it's my free time. I, I hope that I have free time like this again. I love it. But it's anyway, um, literally, it's this idea a woman will be like, um, a woman who really loves a man wouldn't ask him for money. Oh, like, oh, I'm tired of being an independent woman. Men, give me money. Oh, okay. Money, money, money. Okay. And then, hold up. We, but then the thing is that coming. at the end of the day, yes. uh, at the end of the day, if uh, men are to give women money, uh, what are they giving women money for? Okay. It's sex. Okay. It's an objectification. Okay. So this is That's actually it. this is actually our next topic. So yeah. we kind of jumped a little bit ahead. Yeah. Um, because after the what we talked about self-objectification and the online versus online, mm-hmm. we're going to move on to the expression what women bring to the table. Yeah. So this is the 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 expression. So it says what women and men bring to the table. So this has increasingly become a topic of contention, mm-hmm. right? With the rise of the independent and financially successful woman mm-hmm. and the dismantling of traditional gender mm-hmm. roles. So it comes to that like now women themselves mm-hmm. make money, and so then it's like, but then at the same time they're like, oh, I don't want a broke man, or a man then is is upholding the traditional role of I am the provider, I have money, so then. Um, I can get women. Mm-hmm. And when you when men usually say I can get women, it's usually sexually. So it's that transaction, right? Mm-hmm. And because of the the change in the social sphere or the social structure, the transaction is becoming a, a little blurry. Mm-hmm. Because in the past it was very clear cut black and white, right? Men providers, they have the cash, so they get women as mm-hmm. a result, and women give them sex. In the past, mm-hmm. women, we don't have money, we have our bodies, mm-hmm. we have sex. So men give us money for in return for our bodies. Mm-hmm. But now, we, that cannot be anymore, right? So then my question is, in 2021, what do men and women bring to the table? So this is what I've been seeing, and it's been really frustrating mm-hmm. me with regards to this. And of course, I'll get probably a lot of backlash from people. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, 
women have fallen out of the contract mm. at the end of the day it's like yes of course with the only fans and stuff like that mm. then it's a bit different but in general in your day-to-day now it's mm. men give me money mm. but i'm not going to give you sex mm. and and that's interesting that's not making mm. sense mm. okay so, let's talk about that let's talk about that very expression mm-hmm. so men give me money but i won't give you sex mm-hmm. When does that happen? How is that happening? How is that? Mm. So, oh, actually, I have tweets for you. Mm. Because... Me... But you see, I, I take Twitter with a pinch of salt. Of course, of <laughs> course. You Twitter take... is, is, is the, the extremist, uh, the ex- some of the most more extreme perspectives of our society. Because see, you have women who... Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Where after we talk about mm-hmm. that, let's talk about the flip side. Yeah. Because then you have women who are successful, independent, have money, yeah. who say... I will not marry a broke man. And so even with that, it's still like, I want to still, even though I can provide for myself and probably for yeah. both of us, yeah. I still won't have someone of a lower caliber than me. Of course. Okay, so let's dissect that. Oh, Go okay. ahead. So mm. there's this girl, um, I, I guess I'll add her handle, um, <laughs> uh, at Lundi Mali. Mm. She shared, because I was so shocked, I had to screenshot these stuff. <laughs> so she shared, she's like, I truly cannot ask our translate mm. um, a man that I love for money. Mm. I don't have it in me. I get nervous. Mm. And then um, this one person is like, um, she, this guy asks, he's like, ladies, if I can ask, why is it difficult to do that? Mm. And that's because mm. he's an African man. Mm. And obviously he's like, I will give you money, <laughs> but I know what I'm getting. To and the they, point they get they get pissed when you actually say you will pay for something. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, what's it? So the girl's like, it's unnatural. We always hope that you'll offer it without us asking. Um, we also feel bad, especially when we know that you always pay the bill and you've set financial goals like saving up for Lobola or to buy something big. Then why are you asking him? That's not the, even the problematic mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. The one goes like, I was also like that back in Varsity, but I realized that it shouldn't be that way because I would even... Um, because I, even though I couldn't ask my boyfriend, mm-hmm. I would still ask the guy that likes me. Mm-hmm. I would hang out with them for their money, mm-hmm. knowing very well that I don't want them. So mm-hmm. I had to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's the situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's to a point where women are literally hanging out with men mm-hmm. to get money from them. And think, nothing else. I and, think the, 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 like you said, the I think the contract has been tainted yeah. because of the, sh- the, the social of shift course. and i find it fascinating that like i am for example the first woman mm-hmm. um and not for the reasons she mentioned mm-hmm. i think for me i find it um maybe it's because i fall under the more independent uh woman yeah. trope because yeah. uh, i also think that's a little bit of a trope but the independent woman mm-hmm. um trope where i struggle to ask I can never ask the man for money. Yeah. Like, especially a man I'm dating or a man I'm with. However, if you ask me out on a date, you ask me out on a date, mm-hmm. you are going to pay for that date. If I ask you out on, on a date, date yeah. I will pay for that date. And also then, it, but then it puts men at a disadvantage because it's also that idea that men have to make the first move, right? Of men have to be the one who say, I'm going to ask you out. But that is also changing because women nowadays are not afraid to say, hey, do you want to go out? Do you, can mm-hmm. I take you out, etc. So I think the reason why these contracts are seeming so tattered, <laughs> literally, is because of the, social, the societal shifts changing. There are some women who know they're still holding on to that 
um, the, the initial contract, mm -hmm. but because society has shifted, they feel like, oh, I can also be empowered. And I yes. feel like you can't be both. Like you can't be like, I'm an empowered oh, woman. You Priyanka can't use Chopra, me sexually, yeah. but then give me money. Priyanka Chopra talks about make sense. this. And also, I think a long time ago, I mm. read this on Facebook and mm. the, there was a WhatsApp between this girl and her boyfriend. Mm. And she was like, oh, I feel like all you see me as is a sex object mm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And... He was like, what else do you bring to the table? Mm, he mm. asked her a general question mm. and she could not answer it. <laughs> and at the end of the day, and he was like, oh. and she's like, yeah, but if you see me that way, I'm going to break up with you mm. and stuff like that. And he was like, okay, let's see who pays your rent in three weeks time. Mm. Mm. And that's the that's situation. That's very, very clear. That's the thing. What it is. That's mm. the thing. At mm. the end of the day, mm. if you are holding on to previous stereotypes, mm then you also need to play the role of those no, absolutely too. absolutely and i find it fascinating because it, it's kind of there's a mirror effect to it right so you have women saying give me money i don't want to give you sex yeah and then men are like uh i'll give you money but you need to give me sex exactly <laughs> right exactly. and so it's like this and then men because men also fall victim to this mm -hmm. as well in the sense that they think a way to a woman is through money. So then they get shocked when they meet the more independent woman who's like, I, I don't want your money. I want, See, what do you have My strategy offer, was actually you know? different during mm. dating time. Mm. Um, I was always the kind of person who, I will always pay my bill if I don't, think that anything is going to happen. Oh, yes. yes so, yes. like, if mm, I don't see mm, you as a potential mm, anything, mm, then just know... Uh, if I pay for my bull, anyone... You know <laughs> I, I like you. I like you. I like you. I like you. <laughs> that's it. That is yeah. it. I think that's, that's actually a more fair approach to it. And I think... Yeah, I think it's a more fair approach to it. But I also do... At think, the end of the day, it mm, does still reinforce... Mm. The stereotype, and mm. that's the thing. Mm. At the end of the day, mm. like, and oh, I, I'm not gonna share my relationship. Okay, but yes. I was just gonna say mm. that at the end of the day, like, it, it, you need to know mm. what, like, like men see relationships as investments. Mm. That's mm. the thing, mm. and mm. and at the end of the day, women, because of the way that society has shifted. Mm tell that you are no that you need to know that to be pretty to mm. be the woman on the side of the guy yeah. to be the mm. sexual object mm. that is what will get the guy's attention mm. like if you're like oh a man's wait a man's heart is his stomach mm. no it's mm. through his penis that's it no and i also think that expression that you mentioned the priyanka chopra whatsapp thing yeah i think it's actually very um representative of how you start your relationship mm -hmm. what are the initial um expectations yeah. set because if the initial expectation is you are the trophy you are the trophy wife mm -hmm. per se then you have to uphold that because that is the initial structure of your of contract course. you see this a lot especially with with like basketball wives and all of these mm -hmm. shows and it really the idea is that i have a trophy man mm -hmm who buys me things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you have a role to play. Of so course. then you provide what he needs for that contract to keep going. The problem is that, like you said, people are trying to skip out of the contract mm -hmm. specifications and you can't have your cake and eat it too. And at Everything the end of the day, men know women love money. Exactly. exactly. And, and women know, know men, men love sex. sex. 
And so everyone is playing their power weapon. And if you are going to play the game, then play it properly. Yeah. That's all. Just play it properly. Yeah. Otherwise, create your own rules with your individual partner, and that will be the rules of for course. your game. But the 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 main game you gotta play it properly and then don't complain like <laughs> don't complain That's because it. you That's got it. something out of it too of course, you know of course. it's very interesting okay now let's talk about the male gaze because we touched on this a little bit um so what is the male gaze well okay let's look at the definition mm -hmm. that you, you put in the paper and then we can wrap up in the yeah. next 10 minutes yeah okay so this is a term that was coined by uh, laura malvey a British film theorist who is best known for her essay titled Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema. Here she claims that media is curated for the eyes of the heterosexual man. This gaze visually positions women as passive objects of male desire. This can be seen in the different ways the camera repeatedly positions viewers to look at women's bodies or women's forms. Okay, so the male gaze. There's not a woman in life who's not aware mm -hmm. of this lens, mm -hmm. right? So, because if you're a woman living, you you, you know. It's, there's that song, this is a man's world. <laughs> we know this. But now my question then is, um, how would you define the male gaze in your own words, mm -hmm. based on you being a woman living in a patriarchal society? Um, and in the is this word, uh, uh, sorry, is the world created and curated in the lens of men, and not just of men, but for men. Because I feel like, um, because women have had previously been excluded from so many roles, so many um, places and positions, you almost kind of, there's this expression, like when we talk about writing, you they'll say, I can tell this character was a white man trying to write a black woman, for example, mm -hmm. right? But we know that there is this um, thing where white men were creating mainstream content for other white men so then it again perpetuates the male gaze so how would you define it in your own words and do you think it's a real thing because then there are people like mm, that does not exist so, and what is the foundation for its existence i think specifically when um they touch on what the male gaze is mm -hmm. um because i'm gonna try put it on an offline and online perspective mm -hmm. but it's just the objectification of the female form. Mm. Um, I think you you touched on it um, a little bit mm. um, two days ago mm. when you said that it's about not necessarily just even the face, but mm. if we can find a good set of titties, oh. a guy would be looking at the good set mm. of titties. Mm. If you can look at a good behind, it mm. would be about the behind and mm. it wouldn't even be about a full woman, a full mm. person. Mm. So it, it, it touches on objectification. Mm. Um, and I think I think that's a huge top like of course he talks about hypersexual like sexualization, but mm. I think objectification in itself mm. is just removing mm. uh, like the humanity yes. of the person. Yeah. And seeing mm. them as just a person who mm. you can toy to mm. toy at. Mm. Um it's it's the lens that you use when a when you're watching porn. Mm. It's not necessarily mm. a, a a woman a woman experience. person, and mm. that can happen offline and online. Mm. And I think that specifically, you touched on you asked if it's the world is curated mm. in a male gaze way or by men for men, for men. men. Mm. and I think that it's changing now. But of course, mm -hmm. it's changing, but mm -hmm. I think that. Maybe I'll just talk about Western world. In the mm. Western world, it, mm. 
most likely always has mm. been and i think that if we look at it mm. if we touch on yes we're chuckling about bridgerton but mm. if we chat touch on like the uk prepping girls to mm. go to these events mm. to have their boobs out and mm. to to the the corset to mm. make your waist thinner mm. to so that you can be attractive so that you mm. can get married off mm. so all that it does mm. is that it further perpetuates mm. what society is so the male gaze and the world has always been created mm. for the male gaze mm. that's the mm. thing because you need to find a man that wants you mm. so that you can have a decent home mm. so that you can start a family mm. and you fulfilled your duty as, as a, woman. a woman and you've reproduced exactly yes and yes. then mm. it's now as you've mentioned mm. that when mm. and this is what i talk about the multifacetedness of women mm. needs mm. to be explored yes. is because now that women are in different roles mm. now that women are doing different things mm. as well it diversifies that view yes so yes. They, it's no longer relevant mm. to have the male gaze absolutely and, and it's becoming actually almost obsolete of in course. a way because I, I, mm-hmm. you mentioned pornography mm-hmm. earlier um it's interesting because one of the trends in pornography that happened was porn for women made by women mm-hmm. and it's that it was that understanding that the porn that is currently circulating is catered to the male gaze mm-hmm. and we know very well that men and women do not enjoy sex the same mm-hmm. way so when women started making porn for women by women it became a trend i remember there was this one page i forgot what it's called emma watson even tweeted about it mm-hmm. she's like this is actually focusing on sexuality for women mm. by other women mm. and it was even a platform where women would share how they enjoy sex mm-hmm. what works for them and again like you said it's recreating the narrative it's adding more voices mm-hmm. to the narrative but it's actually interesting I, was, mm. i think i was talking to adam about this mm. I, i necessarily but he was just chatting about how usually he's found that same sex porn mm. is more sensual than heterosexual porn yes Yes. which is such an interesting mm-hmm. thought in itself because they've created it for themselves so yeah for their for them and how they enjoy yeah. it but previously the focus of of pornography was for men even yeah. the angles and the shots it's it's you you don't see the man mm-hmm. because you it's you only see the woman she's being objectified something is being done to her mm-hmm. and so the man who's watching that porn video can place themselves right in the narrative yeah. as if they are the ones conducting that act on her oh. and she and is responding to the what man, they are doing what's happening to mm. the man exactly yeah. uh, he's getting off he's not and it's just <sighs> exhausting <laughs> but yeah. yeah but i think i think mm. i think the world's changing with it that is aspect changing. and i think mm. that um that's why i'm trying to speak against that mm. one monolithic mm. view of mm. what women is because mm. absolutely it's, it's actually it's not even a new view that's mm. the thing it's no, just it's not it's, it's just, just tearing away from mm. that view mm. um and and kind of stripping what is what is unnatural for what really is natural yeah. because the way the male gaze was created that's not real like it, it's it's ugh. anyway okay let's move on let's talk about empowerment versus exploitation mm-hmm. right because we're going to move on to sex work and uh only fans <laughs> and we're going to close off in mm-hmm. the next two or three minutes now sex work we're going to define what sex work is because there's a lot of contention about sex work and 
Who does it really benefit? Who is it for? Is it empowering? Is it exploitation? So according to the World uh, Health Organization, sex work is defined as the provision of sexual services for money or goods. Sex workers are women, men, and transgendered people who receive money or goods in exchange for sexual services, or who consciously define those activities as income generating, even if they do not consider sex work as their occupation. So what is your general view of sex work? Are you positive sex work? Are you anti-sex work? And how does that fit in your view of sex over-sexualization and how that's working? I'm in between. Mm. So, um, I, I was having a conversation with my friend Tim like, mm. last year about this. Mm. And I, I'm against mm. sex work for necessity. Mm. I, 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 it's mm. survivalist sex work. Mm. I don't like it. Mm. Um, I Can it ever be done any other way? I feel that would they be a market for it if it wasn't? See, this is this is this is the like touch mm. with regards to OnlyFans. Mm. You have people like, jeez, um, why do I know so much about these girls? I don't the, know. The, <laughs> Maybe because Ky- you wrote this paper. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about Kylie, Kylie's old friend. What Jordan? Jordan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is she on OnlyFans? Yes. Really? Yes. Um, I don't know enough about OnlyFans to actually have an opinion, but so what happens on OnlyFans? For those of our listeners who have no idea what OnlyFans is, I haven't paid, so I don't know. But oh, anyway, okay. I, I know <laughs> Based the gist. On your I know the gist, of <laughs> okay. course. I also know <laughs> the gist. <laughs> so, I'm not going to pay. Basically, OnlyFans is basically, it doesn't even have to be sex mm. work. That's the thing. OnlyFans is, uh, is a situation where people pay mm. their. Um, Pay to see a person who they they love, like fetishes and no, not even about that. Mm. It could Mm. literally be if you Mm. sold music Mm. and you just wanted to create fans to come and see your private Mm. um, music collection Mm. or whatever, Mm. you could start an OnlyFans. So then, how did it become this net? Because when you hear about OnlyFans, you only hear about the how did Tinder become a sex app, basically? So like. The thing is that it's the, the, it's our society. society exactly as <laughs> I said, AI AI learns, and yeah. that's it. Uh, um, uh, so anyway, uh, that's how OnlyFans became that mm. way. And basically, um, celebs or I won't call them celebs, whatever mm. they are, they sell. I don't know what the word to give them, but anyway, mm. they sell mm. ex- exclusive content mm. to their fans they are only fans exactly mm-hmm. so this can come in the form of video like mm-hmm. porn videos mm-hmm. it can come in the form of just pictures mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. and of course during um coronavirus when lots of people lost their jobs mm-hmm. they went on to only fans mm-hmm. and some people see it as like a subsidized income, income. Mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah, um, like here they say not necessarily their occupation exactly mm-hmm. exactly um and i outside of that what else did you ask me what your thoughts are on sex work and okay where, where so those thoughts formed by over sexualization and objectification okay mm-hmm. so um i think i share in the paper with regards mm-hmm. to pornography and mm-hmm. the dangers of it with mm-hmm. regards to that so um i think that it's i'm in, I'm in between because yes. because with regards to like pornography pornography has 
amazing results too. Mm -hmm. It's made people, there was a study that showed it's made people more open to other people of different sexualities. Mm -hmm. It's made people more open to telling and communicating with their partners what mm -hmm. they want. Mm -hmm. um, it's helped partners actually sustain their relationships for longer periods of mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So it does have good benefits to it. Mm -hmm. But also it's one of the number one leading causes to human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, as a person who comes from South Africa where mm -hmm. a girl goes missing almost every oh. three seconds, mm -hmm. um, that's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. That's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. And there was a girl who was actually kidnapped and mm -hmm. she her videos were put on Pornhub and mm -hmm. she was like, and she was 14 and wow. she said that the whole world was mm -hmm. getting off on uh -huh. her being raped. And she had to, she first emailed Pornhub mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. ask them to remove the video. How did the video get on there? Like Because they kidnapped her and the guy filmed him. And he, he released yes. her afterwards? Yeah. I, I don't know how she escaped. I don't oh, know about okay, that okay. part of the story. Um, <coughs> but literally, mm -hmm. she that happened to her. Mm -hmm. She emailed Pornhub mm -hmm. and she's like, please remove this video. Mm -hmm. I'm an underage mm -hmm. person, firstly. Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, what's it like i didn't consent to this exactly. i'm not making profit it's from it it's rape mm -hmm. nothing is happening mm -hmm. yet and they ignored her message and wow. she had to then blast them no she mm -hmm. actually didn't blast she them. didn't blast she them. had to pretend to be a lawyer imagine wow. as a 14 year old writing wow. something pretending to be a lawyer to try yeah. get someone to remove a video of you mm -hmm. being raped mm -hmm. and people are jerking off on that it so actually... it's, it's 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 a very touchy mm -hmm subject i think you touch on a great point and that is the point of consent because i think obviously you can feel whichever way about sex work mm -hmm. um but i think the underlying key of sex work is that the person is voluntarily within their own consent choosing to do that work i think the 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 lines become so icky and gross when the sex work then involves cases like that. Of course, but and also it's when so... it's survivalist. Remember, um, <coughs> a, huge, a huge story, like mm. my mom once was um, driving mm. um, back home and um, you pass a township, a township mm. is like a slum. Mm. And at the end of the day, like mm. there was this girl when she got to the robots, because my mm. mom usually keeps her hair very short, mm. this girl flashed my mom thinking that my mom was a man. <laughs> And she told that story for like a whole week. I cannot believe it. Of course, but the girl was <laughs> yeah. like 15 years old mm. and her parents had mm. died of HIV mm. and she was looking after her siblings mm. and that's how she needed to look after them. Yeah. I disagree with survivalists. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. like that because mm. there's people who have a lot of dreams mm. that they want to achieve mm. and they are reduced to their parts only. No, absolutely. And that also and that's starts a the economic, psyche. That's a social economic problem yeah. in our society. Yeah. But yeah. it also mm. fucks up the psyche at mm. the end of the day. Mm. And even when doing my research, and I specifically don't touch on other forms of sex mm. work, mm -hmm. um, I, I touch specifically on just pornography because mm. there's just too much yeah. um, to go into. Yeah. But like, even with that, the most Googled words mm. only include the porn words mm. that were searched mm. only included females. Mm. So it was teen, mm. female teen. Yes. It was um, mom, mm. stepmom. Mm. It was mm. lesbian porn. Yeah. It was yeah. women doing this. Mm. And that further perpetuates the 
idea of the objectification, objectification of women and yeah, that's absolutely. why objectification mm. leads to violence mm. against women mm. be it some objectification you dehumanize them exactly you don't see them exactly. as people anymore exactly and so therefore you cannot feel for them outside of your own personal desires exactly so and i think yeah. a huge aspect mm. of that is um, there was a rape case that well, the guy just got life because um, mm. it was a rape and murder case in South Africa. Mm. And this guy said that he saw a girl dancing mm. and he wanted to go up to her and talk to her, but he was too afraid. Mm. So he went and climbed into her room and raped her and killed her. And the and that also that comes is like from, from zero to one thousand in it. <laughs> like that, I wanted to say hello. Oh, I'm gonna rape you and kill you in your bed. <laughs> well, how does it move from here to like one thousand? But again, it's because of the objectification. objectification. Of women. Exactly. Yeah, but then yeah. that's the thing, and it's not only mm. just because of the mm. objectification of women. Mm. It comes from also putting this pressure on men mm. to mm. be the people who come up the initiate the initiate exactly the initiate that it comes from mm. that as mm. well but that's and why it's it, just it, it such feels, a messy space it feels like this entire thing hurts everybody yeah and it's yes women feel the brunt of that mm. but it hurts men too yeah. because then i don't think that guy woke up that day and said i'm going to kill and rape a woman yeah. and unfortunately i just feel like too many of the things we've talked about today build up so much in his psyche that it allowed him to do something but that's, like that. And that's why I think we had the conversation the other day. And mm. I was like, men and women are sexual beings. Mm. Of course, if you walk down the road and mm. a guy's pants are tight and you mm. see his bum, you'll be like, oh, nice ass. <laughs> or you see his dick imprint, you're like, whoa, that's a bit big. Mm. But like, mm. and and the same thing happens with woman mm. and and i think you touched on it and you're like mm. oh but then are you saying that women shouldn't dress the way that mm. they want to mm. or women shouldn't do what they want mm. to and no i'm not mm. speaking against that i'm mm. speaking against the crudeness mm. of what happens mm. with men and afterwards also, i think but that crudeness of course the, mm. of course that but the mm. crudeness specifically mm. is what leads to men but, but raping women i think yeah that lead that stems from power because we know that physically men are stronger than mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. so men will always be able to take yeah and i think because they know they can always take and they it's been perpetuated over and, and over also again, through the male gaze situation exactly. it's also perpetuated they can, it's, it's a form of entitlement yeah. almost because yes we are women we are sexual beings yeah. if a man walked down the streets in the tight pants we would stare yeah. but we cannot behave the same, same way, way of as course. men and that's where the the, the imbalance I but think, is then created. that comes back to mm. what are we teaching our boys because Absolutely. the thing is that we teach them mm. to also be very mm. i'm not powerful is not a, i love power powerful is a good word mm. and i don't want it to be tainted mm. but we teach them to be Steadfast. I don't know. I'm mm. trying to find the word for it. Oh, but, but with regards it, I, I'll to paint the, a picture the, of what the, you the, mean. The, the, the toxic masculinity. I yes. really want to remove that. No, no, word, not that, even that. that. But, Think this is the perfect visual representation. Mm -hmm. When a woman, when a man says, "Oh, you look so pretty," or they calling yeah. at you, etc., and a woman just ignores them, and then the man goes, "Fuck you! You're not even pretty anyway." Yes. And I feel like it's that. Like if I had to put a visual representation, it's that, and but, it, it it creates a form of rage in them because they feel like. 
you have to respond to me. Of course, Why are you but not, also you not know? only that. Mm, I'm talking mm, about mm. how toxic masculinity mm. in itself. But that is toxic no, masculinity. Of course, but I'm saying, I hear mm, that, but mm, I'm saying mm. in itself with regards to um, mm. men being these strong, mm. powerful, mm. Um, not crying conquerors, conquerors yes. that mixed with mm. females being sexual mm. objects, docile, um, all of those things mixed taking. together. Yeah, leads oh, it to that. it proves that, Absolutely. and that's why that guy in itself, he was like, "Oh, why am I scared? I can just take this." Mm. Exactly. But exactly. But it's that, that concoction. Exactly, that and mixes it because he saw a person, mm. he likes him, and mm. he's like, "Oh my gosh, mm. this is amazing!" Mm. And then he, he mm. was like. But I'm strong. Mm-hmm. I've always been told I'm mm-hmm. strong. I've mm-hmm. always been told this. Mm-hmm. So I, I can I do can this. Woman, yeah, and yeah. I think we'll touch on it in the next mm-hmm. one specifically, yeah. where yeah. it's like, even with African culture, how mm-hmm. it further perpetuates mm-hmm. that women mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. just there for the taking yeah. too. Yeah. And it, so, it, again, it, we've now created, because we have to close, we've now created the context mm-hmm. for what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. Because you see that none of this occurs in a vacuum. Mm. Like it's all interconnected and it creates everything that Mm. we've actually talked about and it breathes. We're going to talk about gender roles, gender-based violence. We're going to talk about how sexual grades is even possible Mm. in in institutions. You mentioned at the beginning, uh, universities are businesses. Mm -hmm. And so then you see capitalism coming Mm -hmm. into play as well. So we're going to have this discussion next week. Thank you so much for coming, Chima. We, it's so funny because we literally just recorded what we do on a daily basis. <laughs> like we, we literally just have debates all the time and like discussions. But thank you for coming. We're going to close off today. Please don't forget to follow the podcast on Blunt and Not Weed on Instagram and also on Facebook as well. We will see you next week. Thank you, Chima. Pleasure. Bye. Bye.